Brought to you by the Appleseed. It's like a regular episode. Only shorter. We call them bites. Thanks for joining us for a mini episode of the Appleseed, an Appleseed Bite. And, of course, we bring you a few of these Appleseed Bites in preparation for our Thursday full hour-long episode drop filled with stories for you and your family. On our next full Thursday episode, you'll hear a terrific story told for you by the Nebraska storyteller Pippa White, recorded live in the Appleseed studio. It's a story about the wreck of the Titanic that you won't want to miss. And you'll also hear an old World War One. A fictional piece written by Arthur Machen about ancient Bowman, King Harry's Agincourt Bowman, coming to the rescue of World War I soldiers in France. Uh, join us on Thursday for those great stories. In the meantime, it's a pleasure for me to be joined in the studio by our producer, Dr. Brian Tanner. Brian, thanks for joining me. Hey, it's great to be here. What are we going to hear today? Well, we have a story today from Pam Farrow. And I got two things wrong about Pam Farrow. Excuse me, (laughs) Pam Farrow. There's three things now that I got wrong about her. Now, um, when I heard the name, I just assumed it was Pharaoh, like the ancient kings of of Egypt. Sure, sure. But then when I heard this story we're going to listen to today, I thought, oh, she's an Irish storyteller. And I got that wrong, too. (laughs) She's a Colorado-based storyteller. But the story that she's going to bring us today is from Ireland. It's called Slops. And I think it's a lot of fun. It's got leprechauns. And it's underneath all of the fun. It's got a really great message about being a great, a good neighbor. Oh, yeah. Pam Farrow's terrific. Tells stories from all over the world, just like this one, uh, that you're going to enjoy now. Again, as Brian said, it's called Slops. And we're happy to bring it to you as today's Appleseed Bite. A long time ago in the land of Ireland, there lived an old man and an old woman. They were poor And they had loved each other for many, many years. (laughs) Every night, when it was time for supper, the old woman would take the potatoes, peel them up, throw the potato peelings into the slops bucket, and then she'd take the carrots and... Well, now wait a moment. I I need to be certain that, that you who are listening to this know what I mean by a slops bucket. For I know um, I don't keep a slops bucket in my house these days, and perhaps you don't either. So we need to take just a moment to look at this. Now, now when I peel potatoes, I usually put the scrapings and the, the peelings down into my garbage disposal, and maybe you do too. Or maybe uh, without a garbage disposal, we can just toss them into the garbage, and ah, those blessed sanitary workers pick them up for us, oh, once a week or so. Tis fine. But then some people don't even have that, and so they have to collect all their apple cores and their potato peelings and then put them into the slops bucket. And if they happen to have a pig, why, then they can feed those slops with all the day's leftovers of food and drink and give it to the pig, and that's fine. And those who don't even have a pig to feed the slops to, well, they have to do something with it, so they find a place to dump it. Well, now that that you know what a slops bucket is, let's go back to the old woman, because there she is every night when it's time to make supper. She takes the potatoes, and as I told you, she peels them, and she takes all the potato peelings and puts them into her slops bucket. Mm -hmm. And then she takes the carrots and scrapes them and puts all the carrot scrapings right into the slops bucket. And then she takes the onions and peels them and puts those onion skins right into that slops bucket. And then she and her husband have a fine supper together. And after supper, they do it the dishes. And then all the dirty dishwater goes right into that slops bucket. And then, then the old man has to go over and pick 
pick up that heavy slops bucket and oh my, the older he gets, the harder it is for him. And he takes it out the front door of the house and across the garden, the front garden to the front garden wall. Oh, it's six, seven, eight steps to the front garden wall. And he picks it up and he tosses the slops over the garden wall into the empty field beyond with a great splash. That's what they do. And that's what they did every night. Well, one night, the old woman, she took those fine potatoes. She peeled them and put the peelings right into the slops bucket. She took the carrots and put all the carrot scrapings right into the slops bucket along with them. And then, of course, all the onion skins went into the slops bucket after their fine vegetable stew of a supper. Then they did up the dishes, put all their dirty dishwater right into the slops bucket. And then the old man went over. He took hold of the handle and he... Oh, my, it was heavy. It took nearly all the strength he could find in his old bones to pick up that heavy slops bucket. And he walked out that door in the front of their house. And he crossed the six or seven or eight steps across the front garden to the front garden wall. And then, oh, he lifted that heavy bucket and he tossed the slops over the wall into the empty field with a great loud splash. And suddenly he heard, Oh, I wish you'd stop doing that. And he looked to the left, and he, he looked to the right, and he didn't see anyone or anything other than his very own garden. He went running back into the house, and he called to his wife, and he said, Wife, wife, you won't believe. And he told her exactly what had happened. And she looked at him, and he looked at her. And then she said to him, Husband, do you suppose it could have been one of the wee people? Now, the wee people, some of us call them leprechauns, but that's not what she said. No, she looked right at her husband and she said, do you suppose it was one of the wee people? And he looked back at her and he said, well, I don't know. And I thought about that for a bit. Well, they went to bed, and the very next day, they had a fine day of work and a bit of leisure. And at supper time, of course, the woman took the potatoes and peeled them, and the peelings went into the slops bucket and took the carrots and their scrapings went in. And then she took the onions, and all those papery onion skins went right into the slops bucket. After their fine supper, all the dirty dishwater of cleaning up the dishes went into the slops bucket. And, of course, the old man went over. He took hold of the handle. He began to pick it up, and, oh, my, it seemed heavier than ever before. He creaked his old bones and picked up that slops bucket and went out the door in the front of the house and crossed that front garden, went to the front garden wall. He heaved that bucket up and tossed the contents over the wall into the field beyond with a great splash. And then he heard, Oh, I wish you'd stop doing that. And this time the old man held his ground. He looked round to the left. He looked round to the right. He looked up above him. And he looked down towards the ground. And there he saw a wee small man standing there looking up at him with a long red feather coming out of his pointy cap. He looked right up at the old man and with his little white beard trembling and a quivering, he said, I wish you'd stop throwing your slops onto me house. Well, the old man, he... He didn't know what to say. He put his hand on the front garden wall and he leaned and he looked over and over on the other side of the front garden wall. Why, why, all he could see was the empty field with its grasses and wildflowers and sticks and stones and dirt here and there and then, of course, his pile of slops. 
And then he came back and he looked at the wee man down by his feet and he said to him, Ah, oh, I don't, I don't see your house anywhere over there. And the wee man looked up at him, clenched his little fists and said, Well, if you could, would you? And the man, very puzzled at this, said, Well, hey, I suppose I would. Well then, said the wee man, take the tip of your boot and place it on the tip of my shoe and then look and see what you can see. Well, the old man very gingerly took the tip of his boot and placed it on the tippy toe of the wee man's shoe, which was actually very quite long. And then he leaned over the front garden wall while he was connected like this to the wee man and, oh, there, right there, right on the other side of that front garden wall, he saw a wee village. Why, there were wee houses and shops and churches with steeples pointing up into the air, and there were there was a little village square, and there, right there, there was a wee house with, well, it might have been a red roof, but it was hard to tell because it was all covered, you see, with potato peelings and carrot scrapings were stuck to the outside walls of the house and, and the yard was covered with all the onion skins and dirty dishwater was flowing down through the chimney, through the house and out through the wee house's front door and there was a tiny wee bit of crying coming from inside the house and the old man came back and he looked down at the wee man and he said, Oh, I've been throwing me slaps right onto your house. That's what I've been trying to tell you, said the wee man. Well, the old man, he went running back into the house, and he called for his wife, and he told her everything that he had seen and heard. And she looked at him, and he looked at her, and she said, Oh, that poor wee wife of his crying in the house, I don't know what I'd be doing if someone was throwing their dirty dishwasher down my chimney and across my clean floor and out my front door. And the two of them sat in silence for a bit. And the old woman said, oh, Husband, we've got to do something. And the old man said, Aye, I know, but I, I don't know what. Well, said his wife, there is nothing for it. You're simply going to have to take the slops bucket every night and take it round to the back of the house and cross the back garden and toss it over the back garden wall. <laughs> what are the chances of there being another wee magical enchanted village on both sides of our house there, hmm? Well, the old man thought about this, and he said, I'm sure that's a good idea, dear wife, but you see me. It takes all the strength I can find in my old bones to haul that heavy slops bucket the six, seven, or eight steps across the front garden to the front garden wall. I'm afraid I don't have the strength in me to go all the way around the house and cross the back garden to the back garden wall and then heave it over. <laughs> For you see... They only had the one door in the front of their house. Ah, said his wife. Well, the answer to that, of course, is <laughs> we could build a fine new door in the back of our house. And then you could go out there and only cross the six or seven or eight steps across the back garden to the back garden wall. Ah, said her husband. I'm sure that's a fine idea, wife. Oh, but my dear... We, 
We have nothing saved by, and it will cost a pretty penny to pay the village carpenter to come and put in a, a new back door right in the wall at the back of our house. Ah, oh, husband, said the old woman, you don't know everything. And she crossed the kitchen to the side wall, and she loosened a brick in the wall. And behind that loose brick, there was a little cubby. And from that cubby, she took out a brown sock that looked heavy with something. And she brought it over to the kitchen table, and in front of her husband, she emptied that sock onto the kitchen table, and it was full of little bits of silver and wee coins that she had saved and scrimped over who knows how long. There, she said, I'm certain that's enough to pay the village carpenter for a new door, and that's just what they did. The very next day, the old man took that money that his wife had saved, and he paid the carpenter, and the carpenter came and put in a fine new door right in the back of their house. And that night, when it was time to prepare the supper, the old woman took some fine potatoes, peeled them, put the potato peelings right into the slops bucket. She scraped the carrots, and all them carrot scrapings went right into the slops bucket. Peeling the onions, the papery skins followed them right into the slops bucket after their fine supper. They did up the dishes, all the dirty dishwater went right into the slops bucket. And the old man, he went over to it, he grabbed the handle, and oh, it was as heavy as ever. He strained his bones and he picked up that slops bucket and he opened up and went out the brand new fine door in the back of their house. He crossed the six, seven, or eight steps to the back of garden wall. He hoisted the bucket up to his shoulder, and he tossed the slops over the garden wall, and they landed on the other side in the empty field with a great splash. And he waited. And he listened. But all he heard was the soft wind rustling the leaves in the trees of his garden and the song of the little sparrow who was sitting on top of the back garden wall watching his every move. And from that night on, that's exactly what they did every night. And even though they had spent all the savings that the old woman had managed to squirrel away over time, they were never in want. And I'll tell you why. Because... Every night when the old man opened that fine brand new door in the back of the house, there was a sound. A little clink, 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 as a wee silver coin would roll from under the door around the kitchen floor right into the middle. A gift from one good neighbor to another. <laughs> story was slops and the storyteller was pam farrow who as a young single mom started telling stories as a way perhaps to make an extra buck or two and it has led to her being one of the most beloved storytellers in colorado though in that story she sounds like she's from the emerald isle right <laughs> i've been listening to the story with brian tanner our producer thanks for bringing that tale to us yeah it's a lot of fun and i mean of course all the leprechaun stuff and the little houses is yeah. a lot of fun but i i really love the message at the bottom of it which is about being a good neighbor and yeah. uh, in this case there's a monetary reward for it but there's also just like a feeling of of 
of goodness sure. that comes yeah. that we we did the right thing and the fact that they sacrificed all that they had to be a good neighbor yeah. you know i think is a good example um i it made me think of my own life and my own neighbors yeah. we just got a dog um <laughs> and he's he's a little he can be a little barky at times sure, you know sure. and when we let him out into the backyard on all sides of our backyards are other houses with very barky dogs, yeah. you know? <laughs> so it's kind of a bark fest. Chain, chain all reaction. The time. Suddenly the whole neighborhood is alive with barks. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I could just think, well, what's one more barking dog? Yeah. You know, that there's already plenty of barking going on. But it's like, no, I want to be a good neighbor. I, I, the other dogs may be barking, but I'm going to train my dog. I'm going to do the best that I can so that it's not barking as well. <laughs> and, um, I, I don't know. There are just little things like that that we can we can do. Yeah. You know, we can strive to be a little bit better. Yeah. Not just in our own homes and our literal neighborhoods, but also in the world. I sure. mean, there are, there are things we can do to try and, I don't know, create less waste or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, just take less of a toll on the environment or something yeah. like that. And some of those small changes can wind up being big changes. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you wind up being the things we, we can do, the things that turn our hearts toward being good neighbors and good citizens of the world. Mm -hmm. A pleasure to hear this story. And of course, we want to remind you to join us on Thursday for a full hour filled with stories for you and your family and a Titanic story told for you by the wonderful Nebraska storyteller Pippa White, recorded live in the Appleseed Studio. I'm Sam Payne, and I can't wait to be with you again on the Appleseed. Thanks for joining us. For a bite! Brought to you by the Appleseed.